Rises up, the shot, and it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won! Let's not miss, bitch. Bruzewitz to midcourt. Rust has it, lets it go! Lets it go! What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> By Taylor, the 20, to the 15, cuts inside, 10, 5, touchdown, Wisconsin! Welcome back to another episode of the Badger Notes After Dark Podcast, part of the Big Badger Sports Network. I'm your host, Dylan Graff, co-founder of BadgerNotes.com. You can follow the podcast on YouTube at Badger Notes After Dark or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This week, after a two-week layoff, uh, we are finally back, boys. Uh, join with me, as always, by Brandon Cooper, Jason Long, Ryan Eilers. How was the holidays, fellas? Uh, pretty good. I think, judging from our... Uh... DMs on Twitter, all of us, maybe besides Jason, have been kind of under the weather the past two weeks. So nice we could all bounce back and get together. Um, but yeah, holidays were good. Uh, we were kind of talking about it right before the show. My sleep schedule was absolutely fucked. I was up till 9 a.m. the other, maybe why I got sick. I was up till 9 a.m. playing Hogwarts Legacy at my parents' house when I was house sitting. So that was a um, bold move. And then not to take the episode over right away. But another sleep schedule issue, um, and I didn't, I for, completely forgot about this. Apparently, I was up to like 3.30 a.m. last night. Because at 3.08 a.m., I quote tweeted Wade Phillips. Apparently, he's the head coach of some USFL team, saying, <laughs> I thought Wade Phillips was dead, not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> Dude, and then I get a notification today. At work on my phone, that Wade Phillips liked one of my tweets. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Why did Wade Phillips like one of my fucking tweets?" What, what so I opened my phone. I was like, "Oh, apparently I tweeted about Wade Phillips last night." Checks out. <laughs> so, anywho, that's what I'm doing. It's your world, Coop. We're just living in it. Fuck. <laughs> on uh, this week's show, you know, we're going to talk about the uh, Badgers' unfortunate loss in the Rely Quest Bowl to LSU. Uh, you know, eventually get into some of the transfer portal additions, as well as the return of a one Ches Malusi in the Badgers' backfield. Uh, you know, before we finally kind of segue into the Badger basketball team improving to 10 and 3, uh, they're back in Big Ten play, you know, beat Iowa, Fran McCaffrey's a bitch, and then talk a little bit of Big Ten title odds. Um, so, as mentioned, Wisconsin did lose on New Year's Day in their LiQuest Bowl to the number 13 LSU. Obviously, they were they were double-digit dogs, even without Jaden Daniels entering the contest. Um, we we got our first chance, boys, to see what Phil Longo's offense was supposed to look like. Uh, Ryan, talk to me about what uh what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like. What do we got? Uh I was a whole bag of emotions. Uh I think the biggest one. You know, on, on such a happy bowl day, I was very sad because I realized that was the end of it. Like the very best game I think they played in all three. Fa- well, maybe not all three phases because my boy Bakos over here, Shank City. But, you know, he gave his best effort. But for the most part, they that was like the best game they've played on offense. And we've been yearning for it for 12 weeks. And it was like that kind of this that emotion came over me like, oh, OK, that was Mordecai's last rodeo. Like. He was out there balling, broken hand on three weeks, out there nuts and guts, getting it done. And I was just sad because it's like, damn, I wish that was, I wish that was Buffalo, and we get eleven more of these things, or Georgia Southern, whoever that scab was at the beginning of the year. I, we need eleven more of them things 
I know, Coop. I know you're impartial to those. Uh... Sunbelt for life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either way, Sunbelt, I guess, is probably Latin for scabs. But um, it, They had the uh, most qualifying teams in bowl games this year, so I don't know. Maybe I know ball. Um, yeah, well, Minnesota made it too, so obviously it's slim picking, so apparently <laughs> the other four and eight teams available. Uh, Coop, did any, Sunbelt, did any Sunbelt teams play a bowl game before December 20th? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Still a bowl game. Hung up on details. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Don't let the details get in the way of a good story. But um, I don't know. Like, I got a whole what are we doing here later on a possible top 10 pick and Malik neighbors. But so I'll let let that little analysis uh, settle for now. But I just sad. I, I was happy. Got to see the boys one last time. It's a long time until the spring game, which any indication spring game didn't really wet the appetite too much last year so it's a long time until august or september whenever that first week game is but proud of the way they fought they played their asses off they were nine at the lsu was nine and three yeah Jaden daniels wasn't in there but he's probably the weakest respectfully not respectfully weakest heisman winner of all time so him not being in there that was still a very good team nfl players all over the place and the boys played their tails off and I'm just sad because I wish I, I wish we could get 11 or 12 or 13 more of those games. Yeah, it was uh, nice to see old Mordecai slinging the rock like that, you know, pushing the ball downfield. That was the most decisive, you know, I've seen him all season by a mile. You know, it kind of reminiscent of Tolzien. You know, that was a guy who just would grip it and rip it. And I, I, I love what we saw from Mordecai. He threw for 378, three scores. I, you know, it, it took all season, but he his first 300 yard passing game, you know, produced 200 yard receivers, Will Pauling and Bryson Green. Uh, you know, it, it was hard not to to like a lot of what we saw. Jason, talk to me about what you took away from that one. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I I think I said it after they played Georgia Southern. Actually, how it's just weird how some of these smaller teams that run the spread offense like always seem to have guys running free and wide open, and we just hadn't seen that. We finally did, like everybody seemed to know where they were supposed to be. Tanner Mordecai knew, you know, where his checkdowns were. He went through his progression super well. There always seemed to be a guy running pretty much wide open, and Mordecai was throwing them, you know, throwing it around just great. And, and there was even some drops, so like he could have thrown for four twenty probably. <laughs> like nice. it, it, it <laughs> sick, sick, right? Uh, I, I was though, I was like. Kind of with Ryan, I'm, I'm just a bunch of different emotions because, like, I even you, we they were a ten point underdog, or you know, I think it might have been eight at kickoff, even without Jaden Daniels. But like, I didn't know why. I thought that the Badgers like should have been it should have been closer than that. And then the Badgers got out to a fourteen nothing lead, and you're like, yeah, Badgers are gonna roll. And then it went bad. Like Badgers blew two fourteen point leads in that game. Yeah, like, that's just. Once they did it the second time, it was like, oh, I don't think the Badgers have any chance to win this game. So, I don't know. I liked what I saw from the offense, obviously. Sucks that we don't have another year of Tanner Mordecai because I think he finally is hitting a groove the last few weeks. Uh, life without Braylon Allen wasn't wasn't as bad as, I guess, maybe we all thought it would be. Like, you know, no disrespect to Braylon Allen, but we don't have to force feed someone the ball 20, 25 times, which Braylon Allen deserves and commands in an offense. But when you don't have somebody who's so ball dominant in an offense, I think it's sometimes makes an offense kind of run a little smoother because they can distribute the ball to a bunch of different guys, push the ball downfield. And offense looked great. Defense, especially in the backfield, defensive backfield was was horrendous. Yeah. Um, that, that's all you can say. Terrible. Yeah. I don't, I, 
I mean, Rico, still a dog, but everybody else, I'm good luck learning Chinese, buddy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Have fun in the USFL, dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the brave Badger fan to come out and say this. Everyone's praising Tanner Mordecai. Fuck that guy. Where's this been all year, dude? Your last game, and you're finally just going to fucking whip your hammer out, your four hammers out, and start slinging the ball around, dude? Like, that was my biggest thing watching this game. Where the fuck has this been all year? And we've been talking about it every, like every week on this podcast. When's he going to sling it? When's the offense going to open up? When, is it, when are we going to take shots downfield? And look what we did. And then, like Dylan said, we had 200-yard receivers. I mean, Bryson Green looked like a fucking stud, dude. Yeah, he looked wrong as Will Pauling, like that, we all know he's capable of it, but like Green, like that should have been all year. And so that's that's just where I'm irritated. No, so fuck that guy. I, I think with Mordecai, it's a culmination of things. I mean, one, yeah, he held on to the ball a while this year. He was afraid to, you know, let it rip and push the ball downfield at times. And then he had surgery on his hand and somehow found a way to come back after three weeks. You know, this guy couldn't even clap. He was just Drugged doing everything that he could do while he was out there. And, you know, he had this little bit of a layoff and, you know, it's probably feeling the best that he has in a while. And also you go into that knowing this is my last game. So what the fuck do you have to lose? There's nothing more dangerous than a man with nothing to lose. And yeah. Tanner Mordecai. I mean, he laid it all out there. I, I, I love the performance. I mean, I, I hear that. Like, obviously the inability there, there was, there was no big playability in this offense. All season. I mean, prior to the bowl game, there was only one play that went over 50 yards all year through the air. I mean, that's that's not I don't I don't think any of us would have predicted that going into the season. But it's like, why wait until a game that means nothing to be like, ah, fuck it. Leave it all out there. I'd assume that he didn't he didn't just magically turn it on. But Look well, like I, think, I think you're missing a big round man <laughs> that might have helped the situation. Oh, yeah. When you're not catching balls on your shoestrings <laughs> and dropping your eyes and then looking around and not knowing where your progressions are. That's you're getting a great point. point. I, True. I, no, I, I was going to bring that up. I think that uh, obviously bears mentioning. I mean, Jake Renfro playing his first game since the 2021 college football playoffs. Um, you know, obviously he's endured a lot of injury. He has battled to be back out there and he finally got his chance to show what he was made of. And tell you one thing, he gets that motherfucker back there. I mean, to your yeah. point, Ryan, like <laughs> he, that that's a center who is built for, for this system. It was like I handing think, it off guys. Like you look like just, you can look at the college football playoff too. Like Alabama lost the game pretty much because their center couldn't snap the fucking ball. Like it, it matters. It definitely matters. Because like he skipped the ball back there on the last play of the game, and that was a touchdown. Yeah, Jalen Nuro had no fucking idea what to do after that. He yeah. panicked and he just ran straight ahead. But yeah, like you said, he had he had open dudes pretty much everywhere. So I think it probably did make a big impact on Mordecai being like, I just got to worry about fucking catching the ball first, and then I, it's also getting back to me a half second slower than everything else. So now I now I'm that's a half second I don't have to get through my reads and stuff and and the mesh points and stuff like that when they're handing the ball off. Uh, I'm excited. Like Will Paul and Bryson Green, Trex being the uh, being the three leading receivers, like Vinny Anthony, like in spots. Like I'm so excited for that. Those receivers. Like I think like C.J. Williams did even have a catch. I don't know if he was credited with the drop or not on that one way down the sideline where it probably should have been like a 40 yard touchdown. But 
I mean, I, I'm really excited about the receivers again because I think yeah. this was clearly the best game that our receivers have had all year. If I had Fletch one, was phenomenal. Oh like, I mean, yeah, dude, he can make a guy miss in a fall booth. Like it's it, he he's so good. He made the best linebacker in America, but maybe last year, like put him on skates, put him on yeah. his ass. Like it was that was great. If I had one suggestion for Tyler Van Dyke or whoever is playing quarterback this year for the Badgers, like when we're when we are running like a crossing route and the guy's like two yards best line of scrimmage. You don't have to throw it 135 miles an hour. Like, <laughs> you can just get that ball, get that ball our guy any way possible. Tanner Mordecai tried taking off Bryson, uh, Bryson Green's face a couple times with those throws across the middle. <laughs> no, and like you would, you want to win the bowl game, but my biggest takeaway is like to me, and we could do a show about this. These are meaningless games. So now bowl games are basically what's our team going to look like next year? Let a lot of the young guys play, especially with people opting out or people entering the transfer portal. So it was nice. I mean, obviously we won't have Mordecai, but it was nice to see some good things. Um, yeah, my, my spin zone on this is like, was the fan base going to be that more excited at eight and five over seven and six? No. Probably not. So like if you can lose good, this is probably a good way to lose because – our defense was so bad that it's so obvious that they need to make a ton of adjustments there. Yeah. And, and they brought in a lot of guys in the portal that should help with that in the recruiting class that should hopefully help that help with that. And, I think, and the I offense think, looked good. So, yeah. I mean, it's a good way to lose if you want to spin zone it that way. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think that you ever want to give like anybody a pass. I'm certainly not doing that for Mike Trussell. Um, you know, but because the transfer portal and all of that, like we do have, the benefit of knowing that like they want to go a very different direction on defense. Like they, you know, they're, they're doing their best to bring in a bunch of players that have a skill set that allow them to play in space and start to gravitate the direction they want to go. Like the personnel didn't fit that, you know, it, it's not to say that they, there weren't good players. They just weren't, they weren't great for how they want to play and the direction they want to go. And we don't know if the direction that they want to go is going to work in the big 10. We don't, um, you know, I, I, I thought a lot of Mike Trestle's comments were really interesting down in Tampa, though. I mean, he talked about essentially half the games in the Big Ten, you needed guys who could play sideline to sideline in space. And then the other half, you needed guys that could play the run and, you know, basically just stay gap focused. And, you know, they want in a perfect world to have both. And, you know, I, I, I think that what we know now, and we'll get into it in a little bit, uh, you know, some of the additions they've made, they're t they've taken some steps closer to being able to do that. Again, we don't know that it's going to work all of a sudden next season, but we'll get our, a much better idea of if their vision, if their vision is going to play well in the Big Ten or not. Well, and the Big Ten's going to be completely different next year too. So, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that are playing and in three teams, I like to throw the ball a fuck ton. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, we have two teams in the national championship game. Yeah, yeah, it's all Big Ten final. What do you think about, like, I never want to, like, kind of like Hoop said, like, it's kind of a meaningless game, but I never want to advocate for a loss, but I'll take that loss result and performance over whatever Minnesota did. Like, being yes. a, like winning against Bowling Green, it's like, okay, cool. I mean, we could have went and played Memorial High School too, but it's nice to actually play, like, a team with a pulse with people that are going to play in the men's league. So it's like I don't necessarily want a loss, but it's like 
it's one of those things like it hurts me to say out loud, but I would much rather take that loss and that performance than I would ever take a win over Bowling Green in the who doesn't who gives a shit bowl with that they played in. Yeah, we, we it, learned something about this team. I mean, well, like, you can look in, and again, it's total spin zone for us just to feel better about ourselves. But like, you well, can yeah. look at Iowa, who I'm gonna harp on. Shout out my good buddy Cal. Uh, Hawks suck um, in basketball and football. But like, they they haven't scored a touchdown since November. They won't score a point in general for 281 days, dating to the next game they play. If they score against Utah State, like, what did they take away? They they had to bench their quarterback who. Likely won't be their quarterback next year, but but they had to bench their quarterback for that game and and have a true freshman try to spark their offense. Like they they had nothing on offense and they couldn't stop Tennessee, who wasn't lighting the SEC on fire either this season. And granted, Tennessee played a freshman quarterback as well, so it's like Iowa didn't really learn anything from that game except that their offense still sucks and 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 now they're getting a new offense coordinator too. They're searching for. New offense coordinator. I think Wisconsin, like, knows what they have going into next season. They know what they need to address. They they've they've targeted that in the portal. Where like I- Iowa doesn't have a coordinator yet. They don't they don't really know what they're getting with a quarterback who has a torn ACL. Like, they, there's a lot of question marks that other schools were exactly to make myself feel better. Wisconsin lost the prettiest this bowl season. Oh, agreed. But that matters. And I would did I, learn something. They learned that Deacon is not the answer. Yeah. So look at him. Good run there, bub. Man, seeing that guy probable sideline, it's just uh, it's something else. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> reincarnated or something out there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, get it. so you know, before we kind of put a ball on this, like the just the Badgers defense wasn't it against LSU. We, we've outlined the reasons why, you know, kind of the reason or the directions that they want to go defensively. You know, they've made a few additions now through the transfer portal. We already touched on Leon Lowry, John Pius additions on the edge. You know, those are going to be, you know, in a, the, the staff thinks very highly of them. That's going to obviously play a huge role and change the way they play defense next season. And it's also bears mentioning or bears worth mentioning that nobody in the transfer portal is a perfect prospect. You know, a lot of most schools are going to retain retain their own, retain their best players. I mean, I, I will say that I think Wisconsin has done an excellent job of bringing in some guys that were, you know, maybe overachievers at lower levels, which I, I do like. You know, they're hungry. They're looking to play up. Um, you know, with that said, you know, they added two more pieces on defense, specifically at inside linebacker. Uh, they brought in Sebastian Cheeks, who was a former top 150 kid in the 2022 recruiting class, you know, four-star talent at inside linebacker. Wisconsin was a finalist back in the day. Um, you know, he, he's another really athletic, versatile guy who fits the mold of what they want to do. You know, obviously very minimal playing time at North Carolina, but at the same time, like the staff needs players that they can develop in their vision. He's got three years of eligibility like that. That's useful. They brought in Josiah Galvin from Northern Iowa. That's a kid who, you know, he was a safety coming out of high school and he's still, you know, pretty underweight for an inside linebacker. We're talking about a guy who's 6'3", not even 210 right now. Uh, kind of referenced the fact that he was at 225 at one point, you know, but that the school didn't necessarily have the resources to help him keep that weight on. Um, he's got, you know, he's got three more years of eligibility as well. Another guy that they're bringing in, another tall, fast, lanky guy who fits the mold of what they want to do. You know, these are, these are additions that, Help help rebuild things in their vision a lot quicker. 
either any of you guys have any thoughts about those additions in particular? Um, I'm just glad we got Sebastian Cheeks for his name. <laughs> 10 out of 10 name. Yeah, it makes and a lot of sense. I know we got a little preview here or foresight, foreshadow, I don't know, words. But um, in an upcoming episode, we're going to do recruiting and superlatives, talk about people from the transfer portal. Um, to give one away, Sebastian Cheeks is most likely to be named Sebastian Cheeks. Like, if I lined up 100 people and I was like, tell me what one Sebastian Cheeks. <laughs> 99% of the people are like, that fucking guy is Sebastian Cheeks. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Other than that, I don't, I mean, Dylan, I know you and I have talked about, I don't really get into like the recruiting that hard or anything. I mean, when I get obsessed over 17 and 18 year olds, it's problematic. But when people do for football, <laughs> it's okay. You know, when me, and, when me and Josh Giddy want to do it, it's a problem. But so I really know nothing about these guys, but we'll see. You never know until they get on the field. Yeah, I don't really know a ton either. Uh, I don't, I can't say that I do obsess over 17 and 18 year olds. Uh, like it on the record that I don't. No, no disrespect. <laughs> uh, me, no, no, me too. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm like excited if I to were to do it, it'd be weird. But if they play <laughs> football, it's okay. Who's going to be on Epstein's list for sure? <laughs> me, and, me and Jimmy Kimmel, dude. We're coming after Red <laughs> Roger. That's defamation, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just, I think it's easy to get excited about the measurables, Dylan. Like you said, like, I mean, Jay Chaney's like 5'11", and, and Mama Jungma is only six foot and, and bigger guys. So like getting six, four guys, six, three guys that, you know, 200 pounds to 220 and it might put on a little weight, just getting bigger, faster, stronger is important. It's critical because it, that is one takeaway I did have. It's like, if I have to walk Jake, watch Jake Cheney, try to like run after a running back and be eight steps behind him, I'm going to be just furious next fall. Cause I can't take that anymore. Like I, Jake Cheney was great when he was just like filling gaps and run blitzing every time. But if he has to cover somebody, he's just we has we have no chance. So I'm hoping that these guys will bring a boost. Like two new inside guys, potentially two new outside guys. Like, let's get a fucking pass rush and get to the quarterback. Yeah, that's my big takeaway is just the speed that they that they got, both on the edges with Pius and uh Leon. Now, now that Leon came back around, now that he got rid of that NIL agent, if he needs a new one, just let us know. We're going to take the course. Um, but, yeah, just the speed on the field. And one thing I, I really like about this staff, and this isn't necessarily a shot at the old staff, but they didn't really live in this world. But, like, they see an issue and they address it. Like, we don't have enough team speed on the linebacking. Like, we're getting eaten alive by tight ends, running backs, uh, mobile quarterbacks. They went out and addressed it. I think the biggest thing – with Galvan, like when you said that, that they didn't have the resources to keep them on, like, do they not have food in Cedar Falls? Like, holy Toledo, like, you can't feed these kids? Like any other northern Iowa guys that want to play ball, come up here, we'll feed you. I mean, geez, Louise, he came to my house, my wife will put some meat on him. Look at me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And, and I'm glad that I'm not going to get too overly excited about 17 and 18 year olds because I'm not going to do that either. Legally. Still excited, uh, just not overly excited. Just not overly excited. But it makes sense now why, why Coop, uh, Coop hasn't come over to my house. It's within 300 feet of a school zone. Oh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited about these guys now, especially the ones that are over 18 in the transfer portal. I, I think these guys are going to be, and I, I always tell myself every year I'm not going to get overly excited. And then like, 
eight minutes after they commit. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, we got the next first round linebacker. <laughs> right. We're so back. <laughs> it's like, I it's see Galvan. Day one draft pick in three years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to spell Galvan's first name yet, but hell yeah, he lock him in, pick 23. I, <laughs> I can't even pronounce half the guys that we have names like no. I love them all. I just like don't know how to say their names yet. But I'm excited. Until they that. start making some plays, and then we can learn them. Yeah. yeah I, I think just the yeah. Position. The overarching point here is just this is the mold the staff is after. Like Jay said, big, faster, stronger. That's what they want right now. They want to be able to play in space. They got a few more guys that are going to be able to, you know, kind of fit that bill. Um, you know, on the flip side, on offense, we learned Jess Malusi is returning. Obviously, uh, no, it's a big one. You know, Wisconsin lost Braylon Allen. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Malusi going down four games in the season, you know, he wouldn't have this, you know, the chance to take the medical red shirt, but he is back. Um, he's someone who I thought was just a honestly a wonderful fit in Longo's system. And, you know, if he would have been able to stay healthy, he's a guy who might have damn near been in a 50-50 timeshare with Braylon based on their running styles. Like he I thought I thought he was a tremendous fit in the system. We didn't get a chance to, you know, see it. See it in its entirety, but he he's back. He gives this team somebody, you know, to to lead this to lead this running back room. Uh, obviously, they signed three kids in the 2024 recruiting class, so like there's there's a lot of talent and upside coming in. Um, you know, you have to feel good about Chez's return, and then on top of that, you know, now we've added Oklahoma uh, transfer running back Tui Walker. Um, you only got one year of eligibility that, left. How did you say that? Tui Walker. Tui. <laughs> Just checking. I have no idea. Running Not back. Sure. <laughs> he's uh, you know, Walker. Walker, he's the running back. He's the other end of the Tiger Woods meme, like big dog, because people can't <laughs> people can't pronounce his name. So there's like, hey, big dog. <laughs> That's yeah, very true. Just uh, you know, he he's gonna provide uh, kind of a one B option. He's a he's a pretty proven pass catcher. You know, at in college, he was the Sooners' leading rusher last year. He's got a really Really interesting story, honestly. Took a year off, ended up playing at community college. Marco Murray offers him a chance to walk on at Oklahoma. He ta- he accepts without even ever setting foot on campus. Um, you know, and now he's gonna join the Badgers for his final season. Um, it's just nice to kind of have some of those guys to even some of the scholarship distribution there and hopefully usher in, you know, some really talented young players behind him. It'll be nice for Chez too, because he can take a lot of reps. So we're not overusing him. Obviously, he suffered a pretty gruesome injury. So that's the biggest thing with like getting Walker. It's like, okay, another guy where he's kind of proven himself at this level. And you feel like, okay, we can trust him, you know, because I'm I'm sure they're gonna ease Chez in or at least monitor his touches, you would think. Like 12 to 15 a game, maybe. You have to. So that's yeah. kind of the state of college football at this point. Like you're you're gonna rotate multiple backs and Ch- yeah. Chez doesn't need to be, you know, a 20 plus carry running back. And honestly, it's in his best interest and our best interest that that he not be. So I, I think this provides a little bit of insurance there. Well, that's just another like mold thing. Like he like Walker had seven touchdowns and five hundred yards rushing, but he also averaged eight yards catch. Like he didn't have a ton of catches, only ten, but like still like he it, it's it's getting guys that fit this scheme. And like we said all year that like as great as Braylon Allen again, again, no disrespect to Braylon Allen, but Chess fit the system way better than Braylon Allen does. So getting guys who have run, you know, getting a guy, Tommy Walker, who's run 
a similar system it is helpful because he's going to know where to be. He's going to know where the pass protection needs to come from. He's going to know where, where to settle down in a soft zone when he's, you know, running and covered or running a pass route. Like, I think it's, it's super critical to get proven guys who know where to be and when to be. And then we still have these three dudes that we're super excited about freshmen that are incoming, you know, that don't have to ease in or don't have to carry a big load right away now because of somebody like this coming in. Yeah, and I think Chez's role is is going to take on more of a, a mentorship role because you look at him being a six year guy, and even looking at Walker, like a little, he's a JUCO product. Like he knows the hard road to get where he is, and there there's no dog that's more deadly than a hungry dog. And the fact that he, fast. He, yeah, and he runs hard, and that's what they always say. Like if you even look at like trying to transition to the men's league, like what are the best running backs? The ones that aren't paid. So the guy that's a walk-on, he's going to run so hard because he's trying to earn his keep. Like, yeah, he's on, he's probably on scholarship now, which he's still going to run that same way. And I just – I like having the depth because after, you know, Braylon went down, obviously Chez was a better fit. But then it's like – then you're just kind of with Yak and Aker, which, you know, they did the best they could. But respectfully, they were, they were third and fourth on the depth chart for a reason. Like, yeah. it's not like they were, the coaches was holding them back and they would have been all American if it wasn't for the coaches. Like, no, you, you were three and four for a reason. So I just like having the three new guys like to learn and to grow under both Walker and Chez. And I think you have to, you have to limit and, and you guys have all said it, but you have to kind of limit Chez, especially for someone that wants a shot at the NFL. You Unless it's dire need where he's the only player that can play in the big 10. Like you can't ride him because you got to kind of get him in and you just don't know what he's going to be back from. So many guys that break their leg are never the same. Yeah. And especially a guy that has to be as explosive and push off and generate power from his lower body. Like I, Chez may not be the same guy. And, and the last little point is I remember when JT came here and I'm, I'm not saying Dupree or Dylan Jones or Gideon Atuka are, are going to be JT because you never know who's going to be who. Um, but I remember like that fall when JT came in and he credited Rashid Ibrahim which was like a grad transfer running back from Pittsburgh. And he said how valuable it was to have a guy to show him the ropes. So it's like with Braylon gone to the NFL, had you not retained Chez, had you not brought in Walker, you would have had three guys that like had no mentorship other than maybe Aker. So I like having those older guys in the room like this is because at, at, at some level college football is, you know, amateur professional football. You need to have guys to show you how to go about your work. This is this is how you do your work. This is how you get your work done. This is how we go to meetings. This is how we take notes. This is how we watch film. Like, yeah, you have a coach in there, but if you have a, a mentor and a peer in there, you're going to get so much more learning done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I one thing that I, I think will be kind of fun to watch is, uh, you know, Devin Spaulding, uh, Braylon Allen, you know, on Lockdown Badgers when he was talking with Ryan Herrings, talked incredibly high about Devin Spaulding said loves him. You know, that was essentially his favorite part of being a Badger, you know, was the relationship he built with him. He's a young, he's a young coach, you know, and someone, I believe he was on two, four, seven sports, like 30 under 30 list. But you know, this is, this is an up and coming running backs coach. Braylon Allen spoke crazy high of him and we're going to get to see, you know, what he can do with, you know, a handful of different balls of clay here. Um, going to be, going to be fun to see what he's able to turn up. Yeah, my, my superlative for Walker, he just kind of seems like that guy that people are going to forget about even existed, and then all of a sudden that's going to be week one or two, and he's going to he's gonna like go off, and people are going to be like, oh, shit, yeah, that was yeah. that was at Oklahoma last year. Oh, cool. <laughs> he's, from North, he's from North Vegas, too, so I just, you just, he just feels like a dog. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Like I've just I've I've bought in on liking this guy for so many different reasons that like I I just making them up, but I, I like it. I like <laughs> I like this guy. You know, I, I there, there's a couple videos out there him catching passes and just trucking dudes and just, just looks like a guy who wants it a little more, and I'm here for slide it. Slide in one of our DMs and let us know how to pronounce your first name so we don't butcher it when we're just bragging about you constantly on this podcast. <laughs> I'll reach out to him. He, I'm, 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 I'm just going to refer to him as Big Dog, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Big Dog. Big dog. <laughs> Any uh, uh, any final thoughts on you know this Wisconsin football season additions, kind of where we're headed heading into spring? Has anyone got anything they need to get off their chest before we transition here? Um, not really. One thing I did want to mention: um, our bull pick'em that we ran is over now. I believe I don't think is it the last, the last game doesn't matter. Um, the winner is Cooper O two or Cooper K O two. 33 and nine, dude. Yeah, sick. I saw a guy, Jeff Krause, was sitting like third the last I Yeah, I so yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I wanted him to win. Oh, dude, I was pulling for Jeff so uh, bad, man. I was like a dad watching his like kid, like his first T-ball game where it's like, hey, that's my boy. You know, come on. You can do it. Jeff got fifth or tied uh, Co- for fifth. Cooper K, if you're listening, uh, reach out to any one of us. Uh, you can send me a DM. You know, we'll, we'll connect. I'd like to. Send you a hundred dollar uh, quick trip gift card. You know, congratulations! Know Thanks for participating. I don't know if you guys want to hear this, but uh, Dylan, me and you, we're uh, like in the bottom ten. No, I don't so... want to hear this. No, I, <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I very specifically skated all. over that. But <laughs> spin zone, spin zone. Bowl games are super hard to pick. I picked all yeah. games on vibes. I had no idea who was playing. I'm just picking off colors. Like I like that guy. I like that team's colors. They probably have sick uniforms. Going to pick them. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah. I was terrible. I didn't even pick a game. I missed games. That's how bad I was. I made all of our selections off of our spreadsheet, and then when I went to actually enter them on ESPN, I, yeah. as I was picking them, it's like eight percent of America agrees with you. I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> I've had that a few times. That was like the first that HBCU game with like yeah. Howard. I was like, I think I just picked Howard off vibes, and they were like six and six, and it was like, and they should have won that fucking game. I think Howard too. <laughs> am i doing here <laughs> i my picks i was struggling at the beginning and then i went on a heater i won like fucking i think 12 or 13 in a row to get back in the thick i think yeah. me and ryan finished tied for 12 33 hey, hey there we go i'd help me people 600 you did yeah 67 600 exactly <laughs> <laughs> so but no shout out to uh cooper ko2 33 and 9 man that's a I'm not gonna lie. I What's that? I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was you. Oh no, I did too the other day when I looked. And then I saw a lot of, and I saw lot of packs to beat old ladies with. <laughs> I saw Jeff Krause in second. I was like, oh god, we're giving it to Jeff no matter oh, what. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It's like the 50 50 raffle at like yeah. a charity event. Like, you obviously you give what you win back, yeah. Jeff, top well, five, you know, though. Jeff, top we'll, five. We'll so. connect with the winner. Uh, you know, make sure they get their prize. If it goes unclaimed, you know, for I don't know, 24, 48 hours, maybe we start working down the list. But uh, you know, we, we'll give we'll give at least 24, 48 hours after the show publishes. Uh, make sure we have a chance to to connect. So I want to, you know, thank everyone for you know participating. It was you know fun for people that were better yeah. at it than me, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun, and I'm sure we'll do something for the uh, NCAA tournament here too in March. Oh, sure. March no doubt. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, speaking of NCAA tournament, uh, I think that's a, an opportunity here to segue into a team that I feel strongly will be in it. The number 21 Wisconsin men's basketball team improved to 10 and three tonight uh, with a win over Iowa. Um, honestly, one of the sloppier games I have seen this Wisconsin team play all season long. Uh, first half was was ugly. After the game, you know, Greg Gard even said, I don't know that I saw many things that I, I did like during it. And, you know, I, I I had messaged Jake, who was at the game covering it tonight, uh, felt like we were incredibly fortunate to enter halftime tied at 32 apiece. Um, you know, big, big reason why, though, was, you know, A.J. Storr being a fucking man among boys. So good. Uh, just dunking, hide your kids, hide your wife, do dunking <laughs> on everybody out there. Like, honestly, the entire starting lineup, you know, got got involved. Chucky was the first game back from injury. Uh, obviously suffered that groin injury against Chicago State. Um, you know, but Max Klesman has 15. Store has 16 dunks on everybody. Tyler Wall goes for 19 Tyler and 8. Really well. You know, Crowell ends up with a double-double, 14 and 13. Like, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, it's becoming harder and harder not to buy into this team. I mean – you know, entering the game, like they had the number 11 offense and adjusted efficiency in the country. Like they're, they're not even shooting the ball well from beyond the arc. And they're still just, they're taking it to good basketball teams. And I'm just, I, for one, I'm really impressed. Jason, how did you feel? I know you're not a big Fran McCaffrey guy. Yeah, I can't stand Fran McCaffrey. Uh, terrible, terrible coach, terrible person. Kids are sus. Um, I hope he gets lupus. Uh, what what credit to Tony Perkins because I think Tony Perkins was like one of the only reasons they were in that game. We balled out, yeah. Uh, Tony Perkins and then uh, Freeman, that freshman, he kind of was pushing around crowd in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Freeman was impressive. It's funny because like we've done nothing but talk about how you know how crowd has just pretty much gotten tougher this year, and and two possessions were bad. I'm like. Crowd sucks. I'm back when he posterized that dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could probably do that. <laughs> no, I, I mean it was a good a good team win. Like I feel like they like you said, we're not shooting the ball really that great at all, uh, from the three point line at least. But we we're like so much better at shooting free throws. They said Tyler Wall missed his first free throw and then made 10 straight. And then missed one, and then made another one. Like, if Tyler Wall is shooting ten of twelve or eleven of thirteen from the free throw line, like we're gonna win a lot of fucking games that way. And and the announcers even said it like the Badgers like don't they don't need to play slow anymore. They can, they're comfortable playing in the fifties. But when when there's a team that likes to run a gun like Iowa, they've just shown that they can outscore them. I think it's gross that the Badgers are still outside the top twenty right now. Like, what I love it. Our only—I mean, yeah—it's good. It's a chip on our shoulder, but our our only loss in the last two months is to fucking Arizona, like the number one team in the country. Like, yeah, they're they, slow playing Wisconsin pretty hard. They right really now. are. They're just crawling in the rankings. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, but especially since like Michigan State's look better too. Like since the Badgers beat them, so it's not like that win was discounted at all. Like that's still gauntlet week where the Badgers went two and one, and. and I just don't think we're getting respected. Like you said, what you said this or you tweeted the stat, and then they showed it on the telecast in Greg Gard's interview. He scored seventy in the last seventy plus in the last seven games or something like that. Seven straight. 
seven straight games. Like, this team can score. We scored 105 once. We scored 70 against Tennessee. Like, we've had one stinker and then one game where we ran into a fucking juggernaut. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, like, this team is this team is good. Like, pe- I think the Badger fan base is really buying in. You know, if Chucky can stay get healthy, if this team stays healthy, uh, I think they're going to be really exciting. Yeah, I think one of my favorite stats is uh, I saw that Tyler Wall had 19 points on six effective shots, or because <laughs> of all the and ones and all the all the free- that's just amazing to me. When I watch AJ Store play. I just I remember so quickly that I could not hoop at all. <laughs> like, you know, I thought I was pretty nice at the local Y, you know, taking it to the Rec Specs. But this this dude just like bumped someone off. Oh, oh, excuse me. Let me just jump stop this into oblivion. And then Yeah. Like, this bro, bodies do quick. Like paint. Like where he starts to jump stop. I was like, well, that's kind of what he's gonna do. A little floater. Oh no, he's just gonna slam it. Oh, okay. You you were outside <laughs> the paint, brother. Like you got air. And then that's kind of I rolled my eyes when when uh, Dylan said when he when Crowell posterized, buddy. Uh, I was I watched that again. I was like, this dude's seven foot tall, long ass arms, and barely got that ball. Out. And even the announcer's <laughs> like, oh, he read to realize he's seven foot and stretch it out. I'm like, he didn't jump from the free throw line. Well, you got a two inch vertical. You get a phone book under it there. Young kids, if you're watching a phone book, you you just have to look it up. <laughs> Alphabetical had to call him. You couldn't slide one piece of paper under my vertical, so I don't... <laughs> well, you looks like you and Crowell in the same league. Then. I was like, this dude yeah. did not like barely, and then you have I don't have a... it's like the juxtaposition, yeah. and you're just like, oh, these are two completely different animals. Same jungle, different animals. <laughs> my vertical is similar to Jason's, but um, <laughs> I got a mid range jumper of an angel, brother. I could, I Try could, I could have. I could have walked out there, dude. You give me a couple open shots, I can get you like eight points. You know, you put me in the middle of his own defense right there. Oh, good. I'm, I'm going to carve your ass up. I'm dicing you. No, up. Be, if there anyone listening doesn't know how true the statement Jason just said, it really is. You know, when we were intramural balling at MATC, man, this guy <laughs> just in, in a in a in a game drew up an offense that just ended up carrying a team full of six foot and shorter <laughs> white men to the championship. You know, it was just, it was the, it was, it was storybook stuff. This guy just sees the game differently. He's, a lot of people toss the name Phil Jackson around. I think that's disrespectful to Jason really. Yeah. Um, if I was no, ever looking but, for a coach, I mean, <laughs> once this hothead goes to prison well dylan dylan is my uh nil certified agent so please reach out in his dms for for any comment for me i'm taking 20 percent, dog <laughs> hey that's only half of chris wash <laughs> that's a steal that guy's still I, alive i i think part of you know Him and why <laughs> I think I think part of why I'm buying into the Wisconsin basketball team so much more this season is, you know, part of what we were saying. Like they're not shooting the ball particularly well from three, and it hasn't mattered. We're still talking about a top fifteen offense and adjusted offensive efficiency. Like well, they're getting because the they're yeah. right. They're they're doing all of the things much better now that they couldn't do worth a fuck a year ago. One is getting to the bucket. You know, a year ago, they were 320th in the country in two-point field goals. Not good. This year, you know, they're shooting over 53%. They're up, you know, around like 110 or something like that. 
know, obviously guys like AJ store and John Blackwell have done a ton to improve that number, but Tyler wall, his two point field goal percentage has crept a lot has crept right back to what it was when Johnny Davis was on the team and Tyler wall was finishing at an efficient clip. Big Steve has taken a big step forward. Mm-hmm. Chucky is finishing much better around the rim this year. Like this, this just goes all the way around. And then to your other point, Coop, it's, it's the free throw shooting. Last year, they averaged making nine free throws a game, getting to the line around 15 times. Yeah, they're making more free throws per game right now than they attempted a year ago. Tonight, they went 25 of 35 from the free throw line. And they're shooting at an efficient clip. They're one of the yeah. top 25 teams in the entire country in free throw shooting. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say three-point shooting doesn't matter, but it matters a lot less when you don't have those kinds of holes on top of it. Yeah, and I mean, it all starts with AJ Storm, Big Steve the way they're playing, being aggressive. And then Tyler Wall, like if I was writing a scouting report on him, and it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel here, first line would be Jim Rat. Guy's got a high fucking motor, like always crashing. He's all, all, all the white guy. Oh, he's he's white guy he's yeah. Swiss army knife. <laughs> Coach would love him. Okay. <laughs> I'd let him, you know, you'd let him date your daughter kind of guy. Deceptively <laughs> athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Makes up for his athletic lack of athleticism with IQ. <laughs> like, super smart guy. Yeah. Grit, all those things. <laughs> but no, he's he's playing well, man. He just, there's a couple plays a game that Wall makes where it's like, that's just effort. And this Black dude dove on the floor with 20 seconds left. Yeah, yeah. Into the bench. yeah that was impressive. And, my, I was watching the game at my parents' house. My dad and I were talking about that. And to me, you know where that starts? Fucking Dakota Joe on the sidelines, dude. Grab that, it off. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> you think about got it. the most stitches of any Wisconsin Badger ever. Yeah. That's the way he played. And, like, coaches, mo- like, they can motivate players to do that. Like, if we give just an extra half percent, guys, maybe we get five more possessions. Maybe we get five more free throws, shit like that. And that's where Walls is, I think – kind of elevating his game more this year and it really helps having aj store on the team because that guy is a fucking baller right it's allowed a guy like tyler wall to fall back into more of a complimentary role yeah. like a year ago you know chucky hepburn and tyler wall were asked to be the scorers because johnny davis declared after his sophomore year and you know kind of threw the program's development arc a little bit you know and so they they had to ask guys sooner than maybe they would have preferred to step into those roles and they didn't necessarily suit them so, yeah, adding a guy like A.J. Storrs allowed so many other people to play roles that they are far better suited for. And it's awesome because, like, one thing this year, too, like you said, we made Chucky and Tyler, like, you guys have to be the guys last year. This year, Chucky, like, he's not forcing shots, letting the game come to him more. Like, his scoring totals are never, like, oh, Chucky had 25 points or whatever. Like, he might have four or six points, but – if you watch the game, it's like, man, Chucky played a really good fucking game. His assist to turnover ratio is so impressive right now. I mean, yeah. his, his usage has dipped from you know somewhere around twenty four percent a year ago to about eighteen percent now, and he's just he's getting everyone involved. You know, again, another cliche here, but he makes everyone around himself around him better. He he just does because, I mean, this is who Chucky Hepburn was coming out of high school, like. He was a you know composite four-star point guard, and this is a guy who came out of high school averaging like 15 points a game. He was just a throwback point guard. I'm convinced this is the role that Greg Gard always envisioned for him, and he's finally getting to play it because they have 
all of the complementary pieces to allow him to do what he does best. I will say that, like, we're talking as this is to a turnover ratio. Turnovers were a problem today. Today it was the they, worst. They yeah. were. Yeah. They were. You the do first that against, half was gross. Yeah. You do that against a better team, but, you're not going to win the game. But still, like, they're still doing the little things right right now, which is making a big difference because they were still plus six on the glass. And those turnovers, they were plus 10 on, on uh, points off turnovers. So, like, even though they had one of their highest games of turnovers, 13, they still scored 24 points off 14 turnovers for, for Iowa. It, it, you know, so that makes a huge difference when you're plus 10 on the points off turnovers, like, and then you're plus six on the glass, and then you shoot 20, 19 more free throws than the other team. Yeah. Like, that, that's hard for Iowa to make up that deficit. And, and as you guys said, like the, the two point shooting and getting to the glass, they shot 52% from the field today. But one person, Stephen Crowell, he's 11 for 16 from the three point line this year. Like, dude, shooting I, 60 plus percent from the three point line. Like, I you don't have to take more. a lot, but holy shit. Like, look how confidently he's shooting yeah. that ball, too. Like, I mean, we've seen over the years that hesitation in his jumper because it, it just wasn't a comfortable part of his game. And, I'm not saying that it is right now because he's been very selective in when he takes them. But both those threes tonight, I knew well before he had touched the ball that it was going up. His feet were set. He was ready to let it fly. Right. Like, looked very comfortable. And that's another part of why this offense is so improved from a year ago. He and Tyler couldn't throw, couldn't throw it in the ocean a year ago from beyond the arc. And when you've got two big men that are neither pick and roll bigs or pick and pop bigs, you just, you know, that's, you just have lane cloggers. And, you know, this year, Steve has kept people honest from beyond the arc. And I think that's improved the spacing a ton. Yeah. My last two things that I got are like, shout out Connor Asijan, getting 20 seconds of run and getting a rebound, getting his name in the stat sheet. He's, he's gone, right? Love to see that. Nope. He's a team guy. Uh, And then I don't know if this makes me a weird person, but Kamari McGee looks like he's like four inches taller now that he got his hair cut. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I, I, I'm a short king myself, so I don't. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying that disrespectfully, but I, that haircut looks great. I thought he. I was like, I, I didn't know who it was at first. I was like, did we get like a different six three guard out there somewhere playing randomly? And I said, nope, Kamari McGee just doing all the little things. He was huge in the first half to keep. Yeah, that. he played really well. Three, three, three steals. steals. Half, yeah. Yeah. No, and he's three a guy. Who, like the, he had three steals in like the first ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's a guy like come tournament time, or you know, big games toward the, the end of the season. Like if people get in foul trouble, mainly um, Max or I mean, I guess even AJ, Chucky, but like Blackwell, yeah. Chucky. Yeah. Like I have confidence if he has to play 15, 20 minutes. You know. So it's right. nice to see that. We're already seeing we're already gonna see, obviously, now that we're in the Big Ten play, like that guard's rotation is is yeah. I mean, they played technically played 10 if you count a season who got 20 seconds of run, but like Nolan Winter only played seven minutes and Kamari McGee only played 10 minutes. So like he's he pretty much played, you know, seven and a half guys tonight. So I mean it's yeah. minutes are gonna be gonna be tight for for Connor Season and anybody else going forward. Yeah, he he's got his nine. Connor's not one of them. Yeah. You know, bar, barring an injury or something. You know, to your point about Kamari Kamari McGee, like 
very different players, but just in terms of the role and the minutes that are, you know, asked of them, like I see so much Zach Showalter from like the 2015 team in him, you know, Showalter was getting like eight minutes a night, but that motherfucker was out there. He was a spark plug. He was making plays on defense, you know, wasn't taking shots away from the people around him. I, I think that he offers a lot of those same things, um, you know, in, in his limited role and is somebody who I definitely trust in the time that he's out there. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you know, he played 10 minutes tonight. I'm just looking at the box score. Yep. He played 10 minutes, but it's weird. Like it felt like more, you know, it felt like he had a bigger impact yeah. or just how much he impacted, I guess, the game in that 10 minutes. But yeah, I don't feel like we lose like in years past when we have, that, you know, a second group come in or you have three or three guys come in off the bench. Like you just feel like we lose a lot, not just offensively, but even like defensively, you just want to try to stay close in the game. And like this yeah. year, more than a lot of years past, like maybe since 2015, like it's just been like, you know what, the, that next group of guys that are coming in are going to be just, they're going to be fine. Like they're going to be able to get, get buckets. They're going to be able to get stops. It's kind of refreshing. <laughs> And one my last thing too, looking at the box score, um, Carter Gilmore played eleven minutes. That's eleven minutes too much in my book. I that guy just annoys the fuck out of me. I don't normally know I would agree, but he was good tonight. I, felt I like thought he was. I thought he was very impactful tonight. I, he he just annoys me. I don't He's know. either so good or so bad, and there's no in between. But you're telling me Gus Yaldin's not better than this guy. Hey, at the end of the day, it comes down to what he does defensively. Like, that's what guard is trying to get out of those minutes specifically. And I feel pretty comfortable saying that defensively, he's he's going to be able to give you a lot more, you know, right now than I guess Yeldon. Obviously, yeah. offensively, it's a different question. Yeah. And when he goes on attack TV. mode on that fifth-year dude, for, uh, what old Franz kid, like that just tells you when he goes slasher mode on a McCaffrey, you know that dude's cheeks and not the Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> he, tried, he tried to do put back have a put put back dunk too that yeah would have been sick and again like when he missed it had me just yelling at Cloud old man yelling at Cloud like, come down get the rebound go back up use the glass goddammit <laughs> like doing something cool that I could never dream of stuff, <laughs> yeah put back dunk like I, said, I I don't know what it is he just just annoys me when he's out there <laughs> and that's nothing against the guy I, he's a decent. Decent basketball player. I'm sure he's a good guy, but he fucking irritates me. But he's one of those ones, too, that, like, he was, like, a bucket in high school. Like, average, like, 25-plus in high school. And I, I Because they're playing us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair, but, like, it's just weird. It's always weird to me when guys who are, like, score a lot in high school then come to college and, like. What about someone like Isaac Gard that averaged nine in high school? I'm surprised he hasn't found some buckets. Oh. Don't disrespect the Badger, the Badger Conference. I I feel it coming. So, <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna stop you right there. <laughs> hey. Well, fellas, I think that uh, that that's this is the perfect spot to uh, jump off into you know, our Badger future odds. We just got one of them that I want to float by each one of you. Wisconsin basketball is plus seven hundred to win the Big Ten regular season title. Coop, do you want any part of that going into this season? I already have part of that. So, so yes. Loud, loud and clear. Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Not 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 a rent or a mortgage payment, but, yeah, I'd definitely give me some action on plus 700. With these boys playing the way they are, I'll take some. Yeah. 
Jason, rapid fire. Zero chance. No. Uh, Illinois is up by 30 tonight against Northwestern. Oh, yeah? Without Their best Harrison player might get fucking 15 to life, dude. He's not on the – yeah, and they're still up by 30. So Yeah, who are they playing? Who are they playing? The School of the Blind? North, Northwestern. 10 Northwestern. So. Same difference. Uh, and per- Purdue also, you know, they they beat Maryland by 14 on the road. Today. I still can't – you got yeah. beat by a 16 seed last year. Like, I I don't believe in Purdue. Yeah, no. So, uh, Zach, he's a punk. As much as I do believe in this Wisconsin team fundamentally, and it's, it's funny because ultimately, like – I often end up believing more in them when they exit Big Ten play when you don't have to face these same, you know, teams that are just led by seven same, footers. Same. I I'm not going to I'm also not going to partake in that. Um I just don't see Wisconsin being able to take down Purdue. However, I didn't see it happening a couple of years ago when you know they did it with Johnny. So, you know, anything is possible, but if you, know, you gonna, me, it, if you gave me plus seven hundred that the badges went further than both Illinois and Purdue in the in the NCAA tournament, I'd take that but I wouldn't take them to win the Big Ten. Well, those two teams have to play each other. Like, Illinois and Purdue are going to play each other, so there's yeah. there's going to be losses that come. And you get a couple injuries. I mean, you get one prison sentence, and then that seven-footer that Coop's a huge fan of at Purdue, once if he gets, you know, one of those big-man injuries, opens the door. I mean, at plus 700, I mean, even just put a 10 spot on that. It's a good steak dinner for the boys. I'm a reformed gambler. I just won like ten bowl games, so uh, out of <laughs> so I'm not gambling ever again until March Madness. Fair enough. Until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, fellas, at 57 minutes baseball. here, this seems like a, a place for you know a, what are we doing here? Moment of the week, first time in a couple of weeks here. Ryan, I know you kind of teased yours. Want to give you the floor? What do we got? Yeah. Um, what are we doing here, uh, stat nerds, record keepers? So Malik Neighbors plays half. I know Coop and I, we, we were going toe-to-toe about this sit-out bowl game stuff. But when you play for a half just to get a record and then you sit out the rest, I didn't know you could opt out of halves, which seems like super selfish. Like, did you want – like, what, what are we doing? You literally only played for the record, which made me start to think about that little, that little fella that played in, uh, I don't know, San Diego State, that unrightfully, I, speaking of Cooper, when you said words, I don't even know if that's a word, but he has a record that does not belong to him, and it needs to be uh, corrected. Ron, the Great Dane, is the NCAA all-time leading rusher. If you're going to count Malik Neighbors two quarters of half-ass work, why are you not counting Ron Dane's rushing yards? What are we doing here? Count them all, count none, do it the same. We don't need apples and oranges Stat comparisons. Count all the bowls for everyone or don't count them at all. Ron Dane is the GOAT. He's all-time leading rusher. And whatever that buddy's name is that no one – Donnell Pumphrey or – was that? Yeah. All right, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. One for one. Back on my gambling train. Uh, cool, awesome. You played against, you know, the vaunted Sun Belt probably in some of your non-cons. You mouth. probably had bowl games before the 20th. <laughs> Ron Dane deserves that record. He earned that record. Give it to him. Not going to hear an argument out of me. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what I'm going to say, Dylan. I ain't disagreeing. I've made my stance Preach. on opt-in or sitting out of bowl games pretty well known. But I'm with you. If you're going to play, fucking play. Don't – and I actually had in my notes, 
Um, I believe it was Avante Davis who retired at halftime for the Buffalo yes. Bills. You guys remember that? <laughs> I was like, did this dude just fucking retire at halftime? I don't got to be anymore, anymore, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think it's weird that they even go to the game. Like, I think it's weird seeing Caleb Williams on the sideline in a jersey. Like, when he's like, I don't mind that. I, I just gave up on you guys. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to play with you guys. I I got a question later that we could talk about. Like, is that's a good question of whether you should be there or not? Because Braylon Allen is in California, didn't even come to the bowl game, and it's kind of yeah. like where was Braylon? You, if you're not going to play, are you going to that? That's a good. That's a good topic for the off season that we should we could talk about. No, I don't like show your support for the fellas, and I feel like so you're all, saying Braylon Allen's a bad teammate. Is what you're yeah. No, I'm just saying he, no. he obviously he's out there training, but I'm just saying like how do they? Oh, I think was going to be so quick to say yes. <laughs> no, not me. No, I'm just fucking around. Like I get it both ways, but like I feel like Caleb Williams is on the sidelines. It's like all the players understand. Like he's probably he's not probably he's going top three in the draft. Yeah, but they're going there for him to play. I if I was a player, I'd be like I appreciate that you're here supporting us. I would Plus be like, go Bush I would be like, up. get your fucking pads on and go sling the pill. We need I, you to throw some tutties. Do they? Because what's his dick through like okay. six touchdowns? Yeah, Miller Moss. Yeah, Miller Moss. <laughs> but who'd they play? The school of the blind? <laughs> no, I, I got no problem with a guy, you know, being there to show support. But uh, or or even a guy opting out. You know, chase your bag, do whatever you got to do. But you can't have it both ways, man. I no. I thought that Malik Neighbors shit was charming soft. Yeah. I. I I, I don't that know. I don't like, agree with. I don't either like I don't if you want to do it for the record, then do it for the record. But then you best fucking be there in the second but, half and not be sitting there in your jersey on the sidelines, like, hey, I hey, did it, boys. Good luck. I, 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 <laughs> with a I, big I, ass chain. He had a big ass chain with his number on it. He would he was me a lot about his character. If I'm evaluating talent, that t- like seriously, they're gonna like that's a question he's gonna have to answer. Like why? Like, did you really play just for a record? Like, is that what matters to you? Especially in a heavy wide receiver draft, I could see him yeah. being like, "You, you literally quit on your team." Like, at least do that phantom hammy. Like, oh, I got a cramp. It's Florida. <laughs> like, it, but when you take your pads off and chain up, like, if what I'm a, said. Like, yeah, like I mean, at some level, if I'm a GM, which no one wants me to do, not even this Madden game wants me to be one. Oh, um, I, I, I'm not taking that dude in a in a receiver deep draft. Like, nah, I'm good. I can't have you coming out here maybe for like a season record or franchise record, and then being like, oh, can I sit the rest of the game? Like, that's that's bad, man. Yeah, I'm glad you guys. Spin zones. They put incentives into every contract, so maybe yeah, just they don't have contracts, brother. Well, they do in the NFL, so I wouldn't use that against them if he's just going out and getting his bag. But he was like, that's the thing. He wasn't like in the NFL. I get it. Like, hey, I need one more catch and I get a million fucking dollars. This yeah, but is... you don't sit after you get that one catch. Exactly. At the end of the day, college football has just turned into the wild, wild west. And like these stories are going to continue to I mean, be things, it, you know, but... 10 years ago. <laughs> like these were never questions, but they will be forever be questions again. And uh, it, it just is what it is. We're going to come away with a lot of stories from it. Coop. That's great. Yeah. I know somebody did you dirty in the last couple of weeks. Tell me about it. <laughs> they absolutely did. I got two things as usual I'd like to touch on. Have you guys, just because I spend way too much time on the internet, have you seen this dude who like videotapes himself going to fucking Target and shit like that? Have you seen that guy? I have not. 
Uh, I don't think I mean, it's in my algorithm. No. <laughs> I need to send you this shit. Dude, it's all over the internet. And he he looks like he looks like Jalen Hurts, like if he didn't play in the NFL. So people are people are like comparing him and like roasting him for that. But this guy literally goes around and like films himself on like a target run. And so like the video starts of him like backing into the parking spot. So this dude had to park his car, get out, set his tripod up in the fucking parking lot, get back in his car to film himself backing into a fucking parking spot. And he like has the tripod set up around the whole fucking store. Like he's got it set up while he's like checking out at the cash register. The fuck are we doing here, buddy? Who cares what you're getting at fucking Target? And then I started doing a deep dive on this motherfucker because that's the way I get. Um, bro, so he posts like you can on TikTok, you can like tag like your location. And he's one of these like, you know, entrepreneur, self-made, whatever. And all his um, things. Who would he sue? Well, it's one of those where it's like, it's like uh, okay, buddy, eat a cock. I'm an entrepreneur too. Dude. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, if we want to go that way, I gamble. That's entrepreneurial. But um, he tags his location as like Miami. Well, one of his videos because I literally have watched every single TikTok this man has created. I guess I did a deep dive. One of his one of his videos, I had to fucking do a double take. I was like, wait a minute, he was at the fucking Metro Market right up the goddamn road for me in the video. And the reason I know. Is because he was buying flowers, and that's the same dude my dad and I bought flowers from for my mom's 50th birthday. And I will never forget that man's face because he's he's a backwards mechanic and he hit on my dad when my dad and I were buying flowers. And to be fair, Chris Coop's a handsome dude. He is that's he got, worth like, mentioning. He got like my dad got like super uncomfortable because he's in his 50s, and that's just how those people think a lot of the times. I was like, dude, whatever, like a gay guy's hitting on you, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> anyways, I, I will never forget that guy who we were buying flowers from. And I see him in the fucking video. I was like, what the fuck? So then I started watching more fucking videos. And um, he tagged one. Like he was in like some complex in Miami. Buddy, you're at fucking Grace Coffee a mile and a half away in fucking Sun Prairie in the goddamn video. I saw the thing on the fucking door with the address. So what are we doing here trying to say you're in Miami? When you probably he probably lives a couple apartment buildings up the fucking road from me, <laughs> in goddamn Madison, Wisconsin. So I'll, I'm gonna send you guys. I, I gotta see this guy because now I've invested. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, interested. You- I've spent way too much time. When I was kind of bedridden, I spent a lot of the time researching him and watching his TikToks, research. and then going, going through <laughs> it's research, <laughs> <laughs> going through a thread of um rappers from the early 2000s when they'd have radio shows in New York and they would call two rappers who were beefing with each other and just let them argue on air. <laughs> and there's one Jadakiss threatens to throw a, throw a fridge off a skyscraper and hit P Diddy with it. So, so that's what I've been spending my time doing. But anyway, <laughs> what are we are doing? We doing? Right? That, that guy got me what fucking are we doing? irate. And then the other, what are we doing here actually happened to me yesterday. So I've been, Staying, I was staying at my parents' house for a week. They were down in Texas visiting my grandparents for Christmas, and I just can't get off work. So I was house sitting or whatever. And my parents got back late, um, New Year's Eve, like 10 p.m. maybe. And I was a couple, two tree high lives deep. So I was like, oh, well, I ain't driving home, so I'll stay here one more night. And Dylan knows my parents and their neighbor, they go all out for Christmas. 
Yeah, that's an understatement. You you can like it's a see it from space situation. <laughs> I fucking hate it because it's been shoved down my throat since I was a fucking no homo. Um, it's been shoved down my throat since I was a young kid. Um, but probably should have said that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's twenty twenty four. I got I got to be better. We I will be better. But so they go balls to the walls for Christmas decorations. So I'm sleeping at my parents' house yesterday, and all I hear is 5.30 a.m. I just hear my neighbor's truck running. It's a big fucking diesel truck. You can hear that motherfucker a mile away. I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's going to work. I don't know what the fuck the guy's doing. But like 15 minutes ago go by, and this fucking truck's still running. And I just hear a bunch of fucking banging around. Like you hear like ladders and shit clanking. So I open, I go to let the fucking dogs out, open the front door, go outside. It is 5.45, like 6 a.m. on New Year's Day. And this man is taking down all of his Christmas decorations. Oh. <laughs> is the sun even up yet? No, it was fucking dark, dude. He had his truck on because those were his lights so he could see what he was doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then had the fucking gumption to wave at me and ask me how it was going while I was letting the dogs out. How's it going, brother? I'm still half in the fucking bag, and you just woke me up at 5.30 a.m. because you're taking your fucking Christmas decorations down. <laughs> and then yeah, come to find not shying away from contact. I was at my parents' house today. I was at my parents' house today, and my dad's like, yeah, I don't know why he did that. Like, he had today off. Like, he could have done it today. Like, no rush to do it or anything. But no, he decides at fucking 5.30 on New Year's Day, you know what? I'm taking all my fucking thousand Christmas decorations down, and I'm waking up the goddamn fucking neighborhood. So I can't wait to get that motherfucker back one day. But, I don't think it's crazy to take the Christmas decorations down, but to turn your fucking diesel truck on and run it with lights for the on, it's crazy to take them down at 5.30 a.m., Jason. to me. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Like, like, literally, he was using those as his lights. Like, dude, at least wait till the sun comes up. Yeah. Then, then it's whatever. All bets are off. But it's still fucking a watch list. What's that? That sounds like that guy's on a watch list. He probably is on a couple. He's got to move in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, irritated the living fuck out of me. Like, what are we doing here, brother? And it's New Sorry. Year's Day. It's like, you know we all stayed up until the ass crack of fucking dawn. And we're getting a little fucking tuned up watching some fucking football. But you got to start taking your Christmas decorations down at 530 in the fucking morning. Fucking square. Hey, 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 you see him come over. He's starting up that diesel. We got to call our boy Jeff. Come over with the rig. You'll see his house from space. Dude, I was about ready to call my fucking eight lunch ladies and go over there and whoop his ass. <laughs> well, right there, uh, you know, Coop and the lunch ladies, you know, fucking beating some ass seems like a, a good place at an hour and 10, which very well might be a new Badger Notes after dark record. Uh, Seems like a good place to sign off, you know, for episode 19 here. I want to thank anyone for tuning in. They've uh, been managed to stick around this long. Get y'all back here next week. We'll kind of get back into routine here on Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Badger Notes After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Gray.